Welcome to the Simon Short Podcast. I am Simon Short. We are not here to talk about NFL free agency, although we did just do that for about 15 minutes before recording. Uh, we are here to talk about the NBA. No one else I'm going to do that with other than Mr. Kevin Smick. Smick, what is up? What is up, man? We are back. I'm ready. We, Let's do this. We are, we are back. If you do want to hear me talk NFL free agency, make sure you are over there on the Phantom Football Podcast feed. Uh, we reacted to everything from day one of the legal tampering period on uh, Monday night. Uh, so we got everything from Monday night, went up Tuesday morning. We'll have a full first week recap show next week, Monday to Tuesday. Um, and who knows if if some of these uh, very interesting trades come through that we're kind of waiting to officially hit, we might have a episode into the weekend here. So head over to the Phantom Football Podcast feed for my NFL takes for the next week or two. Here we are talking about hoops. We are starting with the NBA tonight, um, and we're just bouncing around. Smick is here to help us where we haven't talked about the NBA in a while. Um, we just want to get caught up. We want to know where we're at. We have about, uh, bad at math, 12 to 14 games, depending on the teams, until we get to the playoffs, about a month before the uh, play-in games, I believe, is the schedule. Um, so we got a few weeks here before the playoffs start, so let's just kind of get caught up on some some topics. Smick, are you ready for topic number one? I'm always ready. All right, we're starting with the big one. It's the MVP race. Uh, if you're a frequent listener of this podcast, you know Smick is a diehard 76ers fan. We know that the 76ers obviously have a very strong contender for the MVP award. Um, that is obviously Joel Embiid. It's also coming down to Nikola Jokic, the reigning two-time champ. Uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo is still in the mix as well. He has a couple under his belt. Um, there's a lot of discourse going on in the MVP discussion. Uh, I think we're going to keep this pretty pretty neat and clean. But Smick, you know, just MVP race, how it's going. What I want to hear from you first about the MVP is you are famous just worldwide for not caring about legacy stuff, not caring about rankings, not caring about this is true. Where, where people stand in their careers, any of that stuff. Do you care about the MVP? And and if so, or if not, just kind of explain and, and get into this year's MVP race. Not to go off topic, but did you see Dame's interview? This is great. Did you see I that? haven't watched it yet, no. He no, literally no. said, um, he was talking with J.J. Reddick, oddly mm-hmm. enough that we're talking about J.J. Reddick here, but um yeah he literally said like how because jj was like how do you block out all the noise about not going where he's like i just literally just don't care he's like i just go home and i play with my kids like that was his answer <laughs> so he dame myself non-legacy guys right uh anyway Mount so Rushmore. we as of literally i believe tonight like within you know wednesday march 15th uh we have a new favorite for the mvp this just flipped, I think, mid-game. Uh, DraftKings uh, does not have any odds on MVP awards. FanDuel now has Joel Embiid at minus 105. We are in the minus territory. When I sent that to you, even like a couple hours ago, uh, it wasn't so plus, but he was favored. So yep. we got a new favorite on the board. Joel. Uh, Jokic has flipped down with just some bad play and, and a four-game mm-hmm. losing streak to some really bad teams. Um, so yeah, anyway, to answer your question, I do care about this specifically as a Sixers fan. Do I normally care about the MVP? Absolutely not. So, on brand for the legacy stuff, yes. Uh, do I care about this for Joel? Oh my gosh, so much. Yes. Uh, dude's gone through so much. Um, I thought he at least should have had a chance the last few years. 
Uh, I'm not here to slander Jokic. There's some really heated stuff online with like Sixers and Nuggets fans. I, I kind of talk some stuff. I'm not gonna lie. Like I, I when he hit the buzzer, when Joel hit the buzzer beater against the, the Blazers, I was I was at that game. It was awesome, and I came home. I was so hyped. I'm literally watching the Spurs and Nuggets on my way home with my dad. I'm just like, dude, this. I need this them to lose so this so bad. Like this would be such a momentum swing for the thing. I really think that night kind of turned it. Um, so with, with that going down, that was that was very cool and exciting. And I'm just like, I've seen people call him uh Nicola Simmons or Ben Jokic, whatever you want to call it, because my man's been stat pad, like just not taking shots and extra passes and calling him out for stat pack. I don't even get all of that. Like, Jokic is phenomenal. What bothers me personally, I think, is the dude doesn't play defense. His freaking out advanced analytics say that he's phenomenal, which I just do not understand. You watch a game, he's just a. Uh, I saw a bunch of pictures online with his traffic cones, like he's a traffic cone, turnstile type defense. I mean, Joel, like, truly, like, and this is true for every NBA player, like, you know, if you're pretty much, you know, the guy on offense, you're not going to play as good or as much effort on defense. That's just kind of how it goes. Um, but Joel is so big, he doesn't really have to try. So, like, does he have these plays? Like, can you pick out some plays here and there that he doesn't look great on? Of course. But, like, he's been stepping it up so much lately where he's just affecting both sides. Uh, I mean, he's an obvious, like, he's one of the top rim protectors in the league uh, easily. Um and I think if he was less equipped on the offensive end or wasn't the guy, he probably would be annual. He would easily be annually defensive player of the year award winner, I think. But paying more attention to the offense, that's not really the case. But anyway, no, I just – he's been just playing a different level than I've ever seen him. And uh, just to to not go on for forever, but I just <clears> – <throat> Yeah, I just think this is kind of his time. It is weird that, like, you know, a lot of this narrative flipped recently. But, I mean, we've just been on fire. Sorry, Sixers have been on fire uh, trying to turn off my home wrestle. But, I mean, we the Sixers have been, like, just, you know, they've been they've been unbelievable. They've been coming back from 20-plus uh, points down. We beat the NBA in 20-plus uh, point comeback wins. Uh, we're tied with uh, like a team. And then we're also the most 15-plus point comeback wins. Uh, if you watched tonight the Cavs game, we were down by 13, came back again. So, I mean, this team just doesn't quit. It's insane. Like, um, MB just to kind of, like, mope around and stuff, and he just hasn't been doing that. He just – he seems motivated. He says he doesn't care about the MVP. It's a lie, but I love it. Um, and he said, I'm just here to win. And truthfully, I think he's pissed off. I mean, it'd be pretty crazy if, uh, you know, uh, the MVP didn't even start the All-Star game. So, I think that's a cool thing, too. He's just been kind of getting disrespected for forever, and now people call him foul merchant and stuff. But like, like, come on, man! Like, all right, all right. Disrespected is a little far. I'm sorry that people have only said he's the third most important player in the NBA <laughs> for the last couple of seasons. I'm, I'm, I hate. He didn't even start. I the hate to see that. In the East. Yeah, that that is silly. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I also don't credit the all-star game with anything um that's fair. But I'm, I'm good with that like that's where I'll, I'll leave with with that but he is a favorite uh, now as as of now so that's, yeah i mean look to, to talk about has the to flip be. to talk about the flip the sixers have won their last five games they're seven of their last three uh or seven of their last 10 sorry the nuggets are just five of their last 10 they've lost their last four games uh in the month of march 
Joel Embiid is at 31 points, uh, seven boards. Sorry, my uh, scrolling thing here is in the way. Four assists, but 30, 31 points a game. All right, in the last four. Uh, Nikola Jokic here in his last, or in the last six, sorry, last six for Jokic as well. Uh, 25 and a half, 14 boards, nine assists. Um, here's my thing. Not, you know, so, so I obviously... Both guys still playing very well, but that's the flip, right? And Embiid is on a tear, especially scoring. He's leading the Sixers. The fact that they're really making a push for, you know, a top two seed in the conference for the playoffs into the, this last month here is obviously big. Um, the West being a little wonky, I think, kind of hurts Jokic and, and the Nuggets. The, the two teams have essentially the same record. And that was a lot of what was talked about during last year's MVP race, where when the Sixers had, were a higher seed than Denver. Uh, but they essentially had almost the exact same record, one or two games off, I think. So here's my thing with the MVP. I care about it for sure. I care more about the legacy stuff than you do, the ranking stuff than you do. We did, I did a top 10 NBA players of all time episode on this podcast uh, back in the summer. It was a ton of fun. I love that stuff. I care greatly about that stuff. Season to season, unless you do something wild, I care way more about like when, when we're talking about MVP. Okay, what's the ballot, right? When when I go to Basketball Reference and I and I look at a player's reference page, I can see what place they got in MVP voting. If a guy got in the top five like a ton of times and maybe only won it once, I'm like, hey, they were consistently one of the five most important people in the NBA. I look at their all NBAs. I I inherently know that centers have a tougher time with that. So if I see a center consistently get second team. And I see whoever got first team and, and it's Jokic versus Embiid and it's David Robinson versus Patrick Ewing versus Shaq. Uh, you know, I, I understand that I can add context to it. Um, it, you know, if it's Deandre Jordan and, and Andre Drummond, you know, I know that puts them in the all time. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I know how much you love Deandre Jordan real quick though. Like when you yes. do go to the basketball reference, it, yes. it's just, so like I said, six time all-star four time all NBA 2021, 20, 22 scoring champ all-rookie, three-time all-defensive player. Um, it doesn't say runner-up or runner-up like two times. So Scroll like, down. I will say, Scroll I, down. I'm saying right at the top in the back. Don't be a lazy like, Don't be a lazy <laughs> fan. Scroll down. Expand, appearances on leaderboards, awards, and honors. Look at that. Look at that. It's so much different when it's right there. One-time MVP is all I need is once. And you know what? To those people, I say, screw you. I don't care. Um... Here's the thing. If you give it to, if you want to say Giannis is the MVP and you at least, you make good arguments, great. If you want to say that about Jokic, great. If you want to say it about Embiid, great. You made great points for Embiid. I'm all for it. I won't be mad if any of those three win it. I thought Luca turns around and gets it. If Luca turns around and gets it, if someone like Wild turns around, then I care. Then I'm mad. Yeah. And if your argument, if you, if, if your argument for Embiid is one of those people just to like, talk crap about Jokic, then I, I stop listening to you and I don't I don't care anymore. That's that's where I'm at on the MVP. I, I'll be very happy if any of these guys win it. I see the vision for Embiid making this late season push um, and not just in the like, I'm just saying I see like, yeah, man, if, if all of this keeps going the way it's going, yeah, he's probably going to win it. But there's also still, as we said, 12 to 14 games left in the season. Um, the Nuggets could win. 10 straight games and Jokic could go for 30, 15 and 15 in those games. And we could have a whole nother conversation. Um, 
Will you be surprised at this point if any of that flips between any of those three guys, between Giannis, Joel, and, and Jokic? Um, I, I just get nervous and don't want to count it before it happens. So uh, I'm still expecting Jokic to win it, honestly. I'll say that just – like I said, we don't we don't care about the MVP award in Philly. Yeah. We're just worried about we're worried about the playoffs. When, when, about when, the playoffs. If Jokic wins, we just have to go back and cut the first five minutes of, of the rant because yeah, we don't care about the MVP. That's right, absolutely. All right. Speaking of Jokic and where the Nuggets are at in the West, let's talk about these crazy West standings. Um, so obviously we have uh, the Phoenix Suns are sitting there at the four seed at thirty seven and thirty two. Skip down, oh, I don't know, about eight teams and get to the Pelicans at 12, and they're 33 and 36. So we have a four-game difference between the four seed and the 12 seed. Uh, just wild, wild stuff. And if you really want to dig down, I mean, Timberwolves at seven, if you want to get down into play-in territory, Timberwolves at seven seed are 35 and 34. So that's, what, two, one and a half game, two games, a two-game difference uh, between the seven seed and the 12 seed. So... They are Crazy two games stuff. away from hosting a series and two games away from uh, literally being the 12 seed and not even in the playing game. I mean, that's, that's nuts. That's, Walk that's, us through this, Mick. What's going on here in the bottom part of the Western uh, Conference playoff picture? This is chaos. I have never seen this. Like, we just – I mean, I think when we talked about this earlier, we thought there was a good amount of teams that be in contention because, you know, you have really, really bad teams here. Rocket Spurs, uh, we thought the Jazz and Thunder, not so much. Uh, they've been pretty good. Uh, and honestly, fun. I watched Jazz Thunder. I think I was texting you at like midnight. Like I was like, dude, you got me why this game is awesome. Like I was even pirated the game or whatever. <laughs> I did pay like 15 bucks for the NBA League Pass for the rest of the year. But I got this. It's, it's, it's crazy. Like, I mean, there's just like no clear cut favorite here. Uh, the the top team, the Nuggets. I just don't trust in the playoffs. Truthfully, um, I just don't know if their type of game fits in the postseason. Um, so they're they're big asterisks. I, I just don't buy them. But I do like like KCP is a better postseason player for them. They are a little bit more healthy, so I, I agree on that part. But I, I just don't fully buy into it. I'll say. Uh, Grizzlies with the John Morant stuff. Uh, the Kings like are still the Kings. Also, shout out to them. We talked about that off pod, like literally going from no playoffs for the longest we'll, playoffs. We'll, shout and, we'll yeah, talk we'll, Kings. We'll get that, we'll, shout we'll out have to a whole the segment on the Kings, man. I'm so excited. I'm just gonna keep ripping down here. Like you got the Suns, who made the biggest trade maybe all time in, in the middle of the season, and like truthfully, some Daryl Morey's mentioned that's go back to the Sixers, it's like every year since the process when the Sixers were good, they made a trade middle of the year, and this was the first year that they didn't do anything. So, like, he was even saying, I always underestimated how long it would take our core to gel, specifically when we traded for Harden. I think that also could have been true for the other times when, he, when we got, you know, Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris at the deadline and other trades like that. So the Suns, like, I'm almost like – and you go back in history and there's just, like, no examples. I think the last example was, like, the Houston Rockets in the 80s or 90s that really kind of made a big move. Uh, can't think of the Hall of Famer. Was it Barkley, was it? No, it was a Clyde Drexler, I think, actually. Um, and that's, like, the last example of, like, someone that made a splash 
it's just so hard to to shift that stuff so fast and then figure it out in two months. And the thing with KD now, he's hurt. He came in hurt. Now he played and now he's hurt again. He's probably not going to play the rest of the regular season. To me, I'm just it's crazy that they're the highest odds or the the best odds to win the West. Which to me, I just don't think they have a shot as of now. I just don't. I think it's too much. Kitty, though, is an easy fit anywhere, though. But anyway, down the Warriors, they're just hurt, um, which actually I think if I were – if you told if you're like Simon told me, like, hey, I got to bet money right now, I probably would throw money on the Warriors. Um, Clippers, that's our, both our picks, right, beginning of the season. That was both I'm our picks. I'm, I'm changing that <laughs> yeah. I, They're just a hot mess, man. I just, like, I don't know. But the thing is, when it slows down the postseason, you got two phenomenal players there. It might be enough. They're insanely deep. What do you mean they have three? Right. <laughs> Terrence Mann. Love Terrence Mann. Um, <laughs> and Russell Westbrook. Uh, T-Wolves, you know, uh, they're not going to go anywhere in the playoffs. Uh, mm-hmm. We've talked about them. But, uh, you know, shout out to them. Thunder are fun. I, I mean, the rest of the teams, the Mavericks in the nine hole now. I mean, they were just, weren't they just in like the fifth or sixty like just a couple of days ago? Um I'm interested in that. I think they could maybe make some noise for sure if they definitely get out of the playing game. But if they're in the playing game and have to play, I mean, we could easily see like a seven or eight seed beat a one or two, I think, in this conference here. Like whether that's Grizzlies Kings losing in the first round or shoot, even the I mean, there's some good teams here. Lakers sneak in or whatever. Like there's some really good teams out here that I've never seen anything this close. I don't know if that's saying that everybody's just kind of mediocre i guess maybe that's why i don't know there's really just everybody's so kind of even that's why there's like no clear-cut favorite and like um truthfully the, the whole league's kind of like that right now like when we just mentioned this off pot again like the i just said that like i think that the top three teams in the east are by far by yeah. far the best three teams in the nba Sixers, celtics bucks and i think you know, once again i said this too I, I think whoever gets off or gets survives out of that is your title winner. I think it's pretty obvious. Um, the Bucks have such an advantage, probably locking up the number one seed by this point, not having to play the Sixers or Celtics in the second round. And then those two teams fight out. And then, you know, that's a lot harder challenge for that team to just survive to that as well. So, I mean, I, I think I give the Bucks an advantage now, but back to the West, I mean, it's just so close. Like who, who, who right now is, you know, come to your head. Who, who's who's surviving the West right now? Overall, out of all these teams, I mean, I would just stick with Denver. I was higher on Denver going into the season. Obviously, you were good. Definitely, right now is a is a tough look. But I just, I, this is the best and knock on wood healthiest the supporting cast has been around Jokic to this point. Um, like so far in this in this little run that they've had all together. For sure. And that's saying some because they technically they not technically they went to a Western Conference Finals back in 2020, um, and now you're just adding some better players to that team. Don't give me that look. They went to the it's Western Conference bubble. Finals in 2020 in Orlando. <laughs> um, here, so so, but I need to stick to my guns from the trade deadline as well. Um, yeah. I know the Durant injury and that factor. I do. More and more as the years have gone, this NBA game has just become more of who can roll out the ball and and, and who, right? And, and this team can do that, and it's got two savvy, not just veterans, two savvy Hall of Fame players who yes. are 
you know, kind of linchpins of this thing. And then you've just got Devin Booker in between them and DeAndre Ayton uh, thriving in his role underneath that. And a lot of nice pieces around them. I'm, I'm a little concerned about their depth overall. But, yeah, again, this this is the caveat with everything. If those guys walk into the playoffs healthy, you know, how how do you stop that? And, and be, like you said, because of how crazy this conference is and how mushed together everybody is, Am I really that worried about, you know, chemistry, right? Do do I right. do I love the chemistry that Memphis has right now with with everything that's going on with Ja and Stephen Adams being out and apparently that being the linchpin to their season? Um how's the chemistry in in Golden State right Brandon now? Brandon Clark I mean, too. It Brandon Clark uh it obviously like you said w- once we're in the playoffs Golden State it, it feels a lot different than regular season Golden State but still, you know, the Clippers Shoot, they don't have any chemistry. The Timberwolves don't have chemistry. Cat's been out all season, uh, and it wasn't going well when he was playing. Uh, the Thunder, that's you know, we're getting in the weeds now. But Dallas doesn't have chemistry. The Lakers have, haven't been yeah. playing with LeBron James for the last handful of weeks here. I don't know time. Uh, long time though. You know, I, I'm chemistry. You know, you talk about chemistry. Uh, this team, eighty percent of it has been together for three seasons. Uh, Phoenix, that is. And now they're just dropping in Kevin Durant. I can work with that chemistry wise. I think I, I think we can make. It. So I'm not too worried about the chemistry. I, I think if I really had to think about one team though, it'd be Denver to, to focus here on this back half of it a little bit, trying to trying to sort through how we got here, because and it's important to talk about these guys because yeah, like you said, one of these teams could win one one round, and if you win one round, what's stopping you from winning a couple more? So I mean. Looking looking back from our preseason pod, my notes and where I had these over unders and these these predictions, right? I had the Timberwolves winning forty six games. They're at thirty five right now. They're they're not going to go nine and four in their last games, a handful of thirteen games or whatever, right? Um, so they're obviously coming well under what we thought. The Pelicans they have thirty three wins right now. I had them for forty four, and they were well on pace for that in the first what month, six weeks of the season. Um, injuries really destroyed their season pretty early uh the lakers i had at 42 they're at 34 the blazers i had at 40 they're at 31 uh these these teams that we thought were at least going to mop up some of these these back-end teams these really dumpster diving teams you mentioned them the the jazz and the thunder we thought were going to have Wimben yama tank seasons and they just didn't so those those losses those wins got reallocated to the Thunder and the Jazz from the Pelicans, the Lakers, the Mavericks, the Timberwolves. Um, we both had, or I don't know if you did for sure, but I know we were both high on the Clippers. We were both high on the Warriors. I had them both as 50-win teams. Yeah. What are they going to be at, 41, 42, best-case scenario? You know, so those wins got reallocated. And, and a lot of that is, uh, and we couldn't account for this going uh, into the season. Like even said 45, which oh, is yeah. not good. I mean, that's like bad days of the east like back in the day when the weather was out the west you know that's like you know peak uh 16 to 18 washington wizards uh so that's that's (laughs) not great um but though you know injuries to both those teams so this is just it is so crazy but it's also like uh, it's very easy to understand kind of how we got here but just the fact that we're talking about we're a month out of the playoffs and we have this many teams still in it. It's wild, man. It's a ton of fun. It's a it's a great time to be watching and, and it, it makes the play in seem that much more relevant because you truly can see, man, can can the Jazz sneak in and Laurie Markin have a 
40-point game in the play-in against the Dallas Mavericks, and then, you know, they're playing in the playoffs against the Nuggets, and then, you know, what happens after that? Um, the, the West is just, it, it's nuts right now, and it does feel so wide open. Um, but at the end of the day, I think, you know, war you're going to fall back on, on the things you're comfortable with, right? So Warriors, Nuggets, um, and, and then the Suns, I'm still, I'm still pretty hopeful on here. So a couple of points I want to uh, make before we move on. Right now, if the season ends today, we have a Suns-Warriors first round. I mean, like, that's that's crazy. Like, that's two of the top three odds right now to, to survive the West Coast Conference right now. Like, that's, that's nuts. And then um, another point, I do agree as much as I think it's hard to gel – immediately if there is ever a team to do it it's a team with Kevin Durant and Devin Booker because you know just them scoring at will in the playoffs I think just going off each other and and still somehow keeping Nathan in that trade um helps too like they still I mean man how about Michael Bridges real quick wow um dude he's awesome let's yeah but no just like their depth is horrendous but like if there is a team that survived that, not to kind of cop out like what I said earlier, but if there is a team, it would be this one, but man, it's just so hard to do that. But I will say this usually like when the, everybody's so close like this, there's at least like one or two, like really great teams. And you're like, like, I mean, kind of like the East is like that. It's like, you know, everybody's kind of sort of close ish in the East or somewhere, but like, you know, are you excited for the playing games in the East? Like, do they think that any of those have a relevant chance? Shout out the wizards. I mean, like, like right now, I actually think that the, the Bows Mavericks, who just lost in the conference finals, you know, Luca gets hot, Kyrie's unstoppable. What, what, who's saying that they can't go to the conference? Like, I mean, like, yep. I don't want to say I'm a Lakers believer, but like one of the worst, I just want to say one of the worst put together teams of all time for like two to three years, uh, just made no sense. And they make one trade like that. And their team makes sense already. Like it's, it's kind of nuts. Like I thought that was highway robbery. I want to get all conspiracy theoried out, but like, man, like, I don't know. Like, did, did Danny just really want these picks that bad? Or is like, is he guaranteed win by Yama or something like that? If, if we're making this deal to make the Lakers actually good. Like, seriously, they got three starters. Well, three of their stars. I wouldn't say like they're all starters on teams, but, you know, 60% of their lineup just got filled and now they, they're hitting threes like crazy. They had no three point shot makers at the beginning of the year. And the, Phenomenal job by Rob Palenka. They they absolutely murdered the deadline. And and I don't want to say that I am a Lakers believer, but this team's not bad. I, I would take them over the Timberwolves. I'd take them over the Thunder. Absolutely. Uh I I mean, I you put them I'm saying like you put there was enough the case, of like a case in the first round. Like I, uh-huh. I dude, I don't know. Like this team's actually not bad. I don't know about in the playoffs, but like, yeah, good. Pre-trade, I mean, I'll Horrendous. I'll never – if you told me pre-trade that LeBron James and Anthony Davis were at least going to be 100% healthy, I'd say they're going to win a handful of games. Like, I don't care how bad the rest of the – if you give me 100% health for those two guys, they're going to win a handful of games, not, not a handful of series, handful of games, when, come out of the play-in and, and win a couple games in the first round. And now you're talking – you're going to – give me a couple shooters and, and a dirty work forward who's going to bang and, and rebound and, and maybe keep, 
you know, some bruises off of Anthony Davis's elbow so he can play every game. Um, and we still might get those two guys like pretty healthy. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to discredit it. Uh, listeners are going to get a lot of, I'm just not going to argue against it because, you know, we've been watching the NBA long enough that nothing surprises us at this point. And we say that, and then something always gets us, but that's the fun of it. Um, but yeah, if D'Angelo Russell and Malik Beasley, Jared Vanderbilt, and a 100% healthy LeBron James and Anthony Davis were to walk in that door on the first day of the playoffs, tell me people would be excited to see them? Absolutely not. Like, that's that's a team that could do something. Um, Shout out Austin Reeves, Deuce McBallon. Of course, of course. Austin. I mean, they, they um, were seriously one of the, one of the worst, one of the worst put-together teams. Like, mm-hmm. it kind of – Seems like LeBron just was like, I want these guys like making all the moves, and almost like Rob Pelinka was like, you know, no offense, this ain't working. Step aside, I'm gonna do my job. And I, you know, and- we would never see an aging veteran player go to a team and completely decide the entire roster and free agency moves and trade moves in the NFL. We would never see that. Never, that happen. no, absolutely not. I wonder if LeBron – I heard rumors, you know, LeBron held himself in a uh, cabin in the woods with no cell phone service for three days and would get fed at 6 p.m. every every day and just meditated uh, and hallucinated and stuff, yeah. The super jets. <laughs> um, quick sidebar, we, we have to talk NFL a little bit. Do you see the, the reporter for ESPN walked that tweet back a little bit? Which one? The uh the one uh the one that was about yeah yeah, Diana's from um where where she said that the this was like his wish list basically yes um yeah she got on uh with with Schefter and a couple other people and and they kind of made her walk that back so I don't know who yeah Rogers well Rogers ripped him see Rogers said that uh yep told Adam Schefter to lose his phone number. Yep. She, uh, oh, here it is. Here it is. Uh, did I retweet it yet? Okay. So I'm retweeting it if any listeners want to, want to see it. Um, but basically she says she still stands by her reporting, but it was more of a wish list. It was something Rogers just told the jets to like, look into, see if it would be a good fit, not a demand or not a, a, okay, Diana, we, I'm sorry that somebody yelled at you and told you to walk it back. Don't walk it back. Stand by your report, Diana. We we're all on your side here. Um, all right. love season. Back to back to the NBA. All right, we could go a lot of ways here. We we created a lot of good transitions off of that conversation of things that are on our list. So I'm going to let you decide where to go. We could LeBron talk a little. Time scoring leader. <laughs> we could. We're not going to do that again. Congrats, um, Bron. Congrats, congrats Bron. We we did that. Me and Ben Parker actually did that for a hand a handful of time on a recent episode. Want to just touch real recent. quick on the Wembenyama sweepstakes? Yeah, let's do it. We talked about some of those tanking teams. Wembenyama sweepstakes, baby. Where are we at? Um, Smick, you're on you're on tank watch. What do we got going on? Let's do this real quick. We're doing this live on the pod. We're going to do tankathon.com slash NBA. We're going to do a mock lottery. Ready for this? Three, two, one. Congrats to Charlotte Hornets. You now are oh gosh. Yeah, we got Charlotte, Portland, Utah. Utah moves up as well. Um yeah, Charlotte Hornets. Interesting. Portland up only four slots. They're the sixth spot right now. But yeah. Um so so the with the odds now the Spurs and the Rockets right now are are the, the four worst teams in the NBA that are going for uh, Frenchman Victor Wembenyama. 
Yeah. So what the basically, yeah, it's it's a three ray race for the Pistons, Rockets, and and uh, Spurs. We're locked into that spot. Then you got the the Hornets, and then there's a huge break, and then everybody's kind of like decent after that. I won't say decent, but like there's a six seven game difference there. But man, it's uh. Let's let's just do this. Let's say you know Detroit, Houston, or San Antonio gets them. Where's the best fit? Just real quick, on him. I mean, the easy one is just to say San Antonio, right? And just say, just like slide him into that culture and do this whole thing again, right? I would love to see that. And and if I wonder if Pop retires if they don't get the number one pick and like he's yeah, he's like uh, he's like okay yeah we're getting uh, (laughs) pass. I don't want Brandon Miller. I'm good on that. As long as as long as Victor doesn't end up in Houston, man, I cannot. I just don't like the rebuild. I can't. No, I can't. Detroit would be fun. Him with Kate Cunningham. Um, and 800 other bigs. Yeah, but you make Troy, Victor Troy Wright would be so thrilled with that. <laughs> now you're right. But, though. Yeah. but that that frame, and I know everyone's going to talk it to death, and oh, he's too skinny, and blah, blah, blah. But I just mean from a basketball standpoint, make him, don't make him sit in the paint defensively. Make him a weak right. side, you know, Absolutely. rotation uh, uh, help defender offensively. Put the ball in his hands and do stuff. He doesn't just have to be a pick and roll dive man or a pick and pop shooter. Um, he's Evan Mobley. He's Evan Mobley with right. three more inches and a little more of a handle. Right. Um, put him next to Jalen Duran or Isaiah Stewart or is, is James Wiseman on the team. Did that? That you know he starts. Yes. Starter. Great. Um. So put him with any of those centers. Put him with both those centers and make him the three. I don't care. Um. You you know there there's definitely there's definitely a world for that. Uh, Charlotte doesn't sound great. I'm not into that, but mostly just keep him out of Houston. Um, him and Lamelo would be league pass alert though. Yeah, it's a shame that Miles Bridges is a garbage human being because that uh, like that would actually be kind of fun. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Whatever. Um, uh, let's talk about some of the teams that were surprised aren't there, and if they're maybe gonna regret it. We talked before the season about teams like the Jazz and the Thunder. And the Pacers, even the, the feisty Pacers, thirty-one wins right now. Um, are any of these teams going to regret this good. decision? Um, I'll say this: I think Utah almost made themselves too good. I underestimated that personally. Mm-hmm. Um, well, they we just... thought they would trade everybody sooner. They held on to more. Yeah, legitimate yeah. pieces. It's true, and I mean Larry Markin and being you know, true man he is. A real like, NBA player now, finally. Like, like um, almost like Dirk Light. I mean, I know it was, he kind of probably got the start because it was the home game, but I mean, dude's like, dude's been unbelievable. Like, I, I actually watched Thunder, as I mentioned earlier, Thunder Jazz is over double overtime, overtime, whatever it was. It was incredible. It was, it was so much fun to watch. The Thunder absolutely killed this past draft. If Chet is who we think he is, which I, honestly do think he is who I think he is. I, I think he's probably the best player in this past class, um, which just fits perfectly like with SGA and, and Giddy and, and Jalen Williams, the the wing Jalen mm-hmm. Williams is looking mm-hmm. like a star, like a legitimate star. I'm not, I'm not saying that mm-hmm. lately. I mean, he mm-hmm. he's, he's nasty. Like he's not just like, Oh no, it's good. Like three and D no, he's, he's legitimate. Like he's good, man. And, and the other Jalen Williams, I think he's even a starter too. Um, they're, they are fun to watch. Like the and the, and SGA just I always like was thinking like ah he's gonna be too old for their build and like they're gonna have to move him. Like you know, he's not that 
What's he still like 23? Yeah, like he's so, fine. Like he has like, like seven years of his prime at minimum left. Like just just hold on to him. Yeah, he's 24, 31.3 points per game. Um, yeah, I think so, I think all these teams are gonna are are ultimately gonna be fine with the decisions. I mean, the fact that the Pacers kind of rejuvenated Miles Turner in that whole situation, you know, you got Halliburton <laughs> and, and him together um it is going to be a good setup you've got all those guys you've got in okc that's obviously going very very well and and it was time for them to uh, stop tanking right it was time for them to not cut you know shea gilgis alexander out of the out of the rotation put him on put him on ir in december it was time for that team to start figuring those things out so now instead of you know another bad team that you're trying to drop chet and victor into at the same time you're taking this good team who's currently the eight seed in the west and you're dropping Chet into it next year, right? So I, I think that's good. Um, the Jazz is the one where, yeah, it was like they have Jordan Clarkson still, and the Lowry was way better than they expected, and you know they had Mike Conley for a large portion of the season, so they just like didn't make those moves because we expected fire sale before the season started. We were thinking this team was going to be a bunch of G leaguers plus Lowry and and Colin, who they got in the Donovan Mitchell trade. Um, so that's the one where it's like, okay, what what was the plan? Did you just think you were going to be bad with these guys and you didn't expect it? And, and then you kind of panicked at the end, which again, like you mentioned, how did the Lakers get, you know, all those guys like, hmm, maybe that was part of it, right? They just threw Jared Vanderbilt in because they were like, he's winning us too many games. I don't know. Um, but I do yeah, love the, Jared Vanderbilt. He's great. The, uh, the, the Victor race is on. Hashtag keep them out of Houston is where we're at for sure. Um, Real quick, have you heard the James Harden rumors to Houston? Have you seen that? It's a very, 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 very real thing. I'm not kidding. Yeah, it's getting – I was wondering when that – I knew that was going to come up at some point. So just so everybody knows, a little peek behind the curtain here, I sent Smick 10 subjects I want to talk about uh, for this podcast, knowing we would probably only get to like six of them or so. And he said, you don't have any uh, Sixers things on here. I said (laughs) – I just said it'll it'll come up naturally. Don't worry, it'll yeah, happen. Yeah. So we've That's already right. talked Embiid MVP race, and now here we are, James Harden, and the rumors that he's going back to Houston. Apparently, uh, a lot of it has to do with the pick. They don't want to give up. They don't want to be too bad. Well, you know, here's here's my solution for that, Smick. I want to I want to see what you think about this. It's kind of off the wall. I I don't know how it's going to be received. Um, but my thought for not being bad would be make your young players good. Turn a bunch of young players into a good basketball team. That's just that's just where I'm at. You could go get you know an aging superstar who you know let's not forget quit on the Houston Rockets last time he was there and demanded a trade and stopped playing basketball and was out at all the club. You could do that, you know. Instead, that's probably better than than my idea. But I don't know. That's just my thought. If you don't want to give up a draft pick because of a trade you made. Um, just you know, be better. That's, but what what can I say? My only thing on that is why would he leave a contender? And when he claims at least he just really only wants to win, uh, which is probably his best chance of winning. Why would you leave to go to a rebuilding team that you also was already there? Truly, I just my gut feeling in this is this just it's it's spoken enough that I think it's very real, and I, I think but where this is probably coming from is, uh. Fertitta just is like hates Maurice guts for leaving him so much that he's just going to bully 
the Sixers into paying him the absolute max contract for like a few years. And honestly, um, I will say that like throwing the Bucks game that the, the Sixers had the big comeback and stuff. Uh, I was like sitting there down by like 15. I'm like, you know, Harden's going to leave us. Embiid's going to ask for a trade and this is over. And then like, you know, next thing I'm like, dude, we are so back. We are so back within like, you know, 20 minutes. So like, but I will say what that tells me is that's how much was riding on this season for the Sixers. Like, cause in like an instant, like, you know, a second, first round exit, say that happens, or even say another second round exit, I think things start to get real weird real quick. So like they're, yeah. So no, I, I think it's, I think it's pretty real. I, I'm not, I'm not just crediting in it for sure, but I think it's more of a, uh, for Tita hates Maury thing, but yeah. It's real tough. It's real tough. Yeah. You know, I, but I mean, an NBA player wouldn't make a like weird out of nowhere decision to leave a good a good team, right? That wouldn't happen. That doesn't happen in the NBA. No, that never happens. No, for sure. I'm being. I feel like I'm being crotchety here. I'm, I'm all for it, man. <laughs> let's, let's just just everyone go where you want. I don't actually care. Go it's where you chaos. want. It's the you guy wanna... where the, the guy is just sitting there in the flames. And he's just like <laughs> chaos. Yeah, like yeah, heck yeah. Oh, uh, everything. Everything's just this league. Hashtag this league, man. It's a Hashtag game. this league. Oh, I didn't. Um, man, I actually didn't even see the Harden back to Houston. I didn't team. either. I completely forgot it was actually. In yeah, here. you actually had it. See, we're just uh, following show notes. That's what we do because we're organized. Or we're just yeah. That's. I can't think of anything funny there. Uh, <laughs> we we touched on it enough. Let's let's get to it, man. The Kings, the Kings, the Kings are back. They're Kings. Um, there's not a whole lot of analysis here because we just want to live in this moment where the Sacramento Kings are good again. I want to take this back uh, to the 2019 blog, the Simon Says blog that followed the Sacramento Kings for an entire season, and just like blogged about Kings games for fun uh, because I, I was a sicko that, you know, did that sort of thing. I mean, that's um, what people do for fun. <laughs> what people do for fun. Uh, so <laughs> let's see. That team went 39 and 43. They finished ninth in the NBA Western Conference. So we were hot after that eight seed getting to the playoffs. Um, that was Dave Yeager was still there. That was a ton of fun. Uh, that was right in the heat of Bogey, Boyan Bogdanovich. Um you know, that was in the obviously Darren Fox and Buddy Heald combo that year was a lot of fun with those two guys. That was when Harry Giles had a couple moments um, with Marvin Bagley Jr. This is how far back we're going into this, man. Uh, that looked like a fun front court duo. I really enjoyed that. Um, they didn't quite make Yogi Farrell was on that team. Now I'm just going through the roster, remembering watching these guys scat your boy, Scala Bissier. Uh, Frank Mason the third wow. is on that team. Um, Amon Schumper joined that team. I think that was the year he came in halfway through and, and really added a lot. Um, man, Nam, uh, Nemanja Bialica was on that team doing things uh, really early in the season. He was great. This was just a fun team. Willie Colley Stein. Oh, okay. I'm getting distracted. This team was a lot of fun. Uh, I had a fun time covering them. I really enjoyed. And just the fact that it got so dark there for a couple of years after, after obviously being so dark, currently longest. Uh, professional sports, at least in the major sports leagues, streak without a playoff berth. This team is currently the third seed in the Western Conference. Um, their over-under was like 34.5 or something like that, right? We slammed the over in our pod, but I think I had them at like 38, 39 wins. And they're at 40 and 27. They're in the playoffs. They're going to be a home court team. They might be sneaking back into that number two seed as as the rest of the year goes on. Um, 
this is just a ton of fun, man. I'm I'm having a really good time. Just know, light the beam, baby. Light the beam. That's all I have to say. Light the beam. I do love the beam. The beam is such a great thing. Like that was us. That's when things turn around. The beam, man. Uh, all right, we're, we're playing a little quick game here. I'm not really a betting man, but I do follow the books because I think it's a very good gauge. It's it's like you know it's a lot of money on the line. So. Western Conference, this is to win the Western Conference, right? What place does Vegas have the Kings? I'm sure they're disrespecting them. Um, I'm going to say they're, they're below they're, them. They're half a game out of second right now. They are in third, but I think before tonight they were in, they were in second, I think. I'm going to say they have them sixth. The Sacramento Kings are in eighth Oh, my place. gosh. <laughs> so – all right, Suns are the favorites at plus 240. Mm-hmm. Let's go down. The, the Grizzlies are fifth at plus 900. The Mavericks are plus 1,100. The Lakers are plus 1,200, and that's seventh best odds. The Kings are plus 2,800. Like wow. one and a half times worse than the Lakers' odds in seventh. So 1,200 to 2,800. That's how big of a gap is. So Vegas has no faith. Pull my South Jersey accent there. No faith in in the Kings and the Kings. Like wow. I, I mean, that's... this is where I kind of mentally was. I think everybody kind of also just agrees with it. But like, that's crazy. Honestly, I I I, I was shocked. I had to bring in this up. I'm just sitting here looking at this and like that's that's nuts. Honestly, they are. Um... Pretty horrible defensive team. That has a lot to do oh, with it. Oh, so bad. Um, they are currently 24th in defensive rating. Uh, they're Yeah, they're bad at defense. They are bad at defense. But Horrendous. Plus 2,800 is a crime, and uh, we need to go throw a couple couple bucks on that just, just for fun before the playoffs get started here. Um Anyways, go Kings, man. I don't care. I don't even care what happens. They could lose. They could get swept in the first round. I don't care. It's a great season. So bonus like, has been awesome. My He's guy also Fox. Style, my guy De'Aaron Fox. Remind me, did, did were you out on De'Aaron Fox before the season started? I've kind of always been out on Fox. Honestly, <laughs> just just doesn't do it for me really. Something about those lanky, speedy point guards, man. They, they always got me. Speaking of which, John Wall, who we really hyped going into the season as a, a borderline starting guard for the, the Clippers, did he end up signing anywhere after he got bought out? He is by... still home on the couch. What are the Wizards doing, man? Go make – you know how much money the Wizards would make even if they just brought him back for the last 15 games? Sixers brought back a uh, beyond washed-up AI and actually sold some seats. Like, it was, it was cool. Man, I – You guys are the – Mid two thousand sixers, truthfully, it's rough. It's, it's always rough. It's, it's always rough. Wizards are not on this list. We will continue on from this conversation here. Um, <laughs> let's talk about another super weird team there towards in the play and conversation of the Eastern Conference for a couple of minutes. Let's talk about the Atlanta Hawks. I just want to note, um, for anybody that hasn't sure. been super uh tuned in to the Hawks, if you just kind of look at the standings, look at the record, you might not be that surprised, right? This is kind of where we had them. This is kind of what was expected. Um, the Hawks fired their head coach two thirds of the way through the season, which isn't that yeah. weird. It's not that weird, right? You know, we see it all the time. Um, 
they hired an external head coach, just a guy not on the yeah. coaching staff. And so the rest of the assistant coaches are there and the players are all there. And, I, and I've never seen, I, and I, they I, kind I, of I, fired their general manager and kind of promoted him and then kind of promoted the next guy. And then, and then Smick, they hired an external head coach. They to finish out the hired a, an external head coach who was sitting at home. I, I don't know if I've ever seen that. That is crazy. Um, Quinn Snyder is now the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. What? He was just nuts. You think he was just on league pass one night, just kind of like watching, seeing what was up. And then, and then got a call from an Atlanta area code and was like, I wonder what this is about. Maybe they want to know what I think about their assistants. I might, I probably know a couple of these guys from, from around the way. Oh no. You want to, you want to offer me a job. You want me to just show up and coach. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Why not? The the Hawks are an interesting spot. Like they they went all out on Dejounte Murray, which I thought was a good move. Um, they, you know they won the Eastern Conference Finals a couple years ago. Uh, so I mean I mean I, I don't blame them for trying to go for it. So yeah, this is kind of do or die. It's just like kind of what happened with who was their previous coach? Who did uh? Well, they had Nate McMillan. Yeah, who, who did was, McMillan replace? That was after your guy from Philly. Um, oh, Lloyd Pierce. Lloyd Pierce. Yep. So yeah, Lloyd Pierce kind of just lost the locker room. They fire. I think they're just trying to refine that magic because it clearly seemed like McMillan must have lost the guys or something like did that. Did he lose? Did either of them lose the whole locker room? Trey Young, at least, the, like maybe that. just one locker. Maybe just one locker got misplaced <laughs> somewhere along the way. Yeah. Well, um, I, I, yeah, I, I guess Trey was just not happy. Where I mean, there's even some trade rumors and stuff too. But I mean, Trey left. Correct me if I'm wrong. He left a shoot around before a game and then just didn't go to the game that night. And that was in. And then Nate McMillan coached the team for like two more months. I think I missed that. Yeah, Yeah. there was it was either a practice or a shoot around, and he just didn't show up for the game. And then and then Nate McMillan kept coaching the team for like two more months, and then then got fired. So at what point is it not the coach's fault? That's just. I sound super old and crotchety, man. I haven't done an NBA pod in a little while. I sound like old man. Yeah, I sound this like is what a right lifelong, now. what being a lifelong Wizards fan does to you, man. It's just like, I'd, I'd be, I'd be furious too. All right, that's enough on the Hawks. Just wanted to touch on that in case anybody missed it. Uh, super weird situation there. Uh, we we mentioned John Morant earlier. Let's just quickly cover a bit of news came out today on his official situation. Um, if you haven't been following along. Morant took some time away from the team after a, a few instances throughout the season, but culminating in an Instagram live video of him or Facebook live, I don't know, uh, brandishing a gun at a strip club. Um, he stepped away from the team for a while, was seeking some help, and officially met with Adam Silver, I guess today, Wednesday the 15th, and news came down shortly after. He's officially getting an eight-game suspension that I believe is working retroactively, it seems like, from this tweet from Woj. Um, he's going to be eligible to play again on Monday versus Dallas the 20th next week. Uh, we'll see if you know that means he officially does play that day, if he takes some time. You know, the, uh, Woj went on to say like he hasn't been playing basketball, so he's going to have some kind of a ramp-up period. Uh, actually, yeah, another tweet from Woj. Ramp-up period is expected to extend past Monday's game versus Dallas when he's first eligible to return. Um, expected that he'll return to play shortly thereafter. So before the month is over, uh, a handful of games probably that that jaw will get back for the Grizzlies 
before the playoffs. Uh, let's make any thoughts on, on Ja and uh, the Grizzlies. Man, the, uh, he's had an interesting year. Yeah. I mean, man, geez, this is like one thing after another. Um, I just hope he kind of figures it out. And, you know, it was interesting to see some people like Jalen Rose speak out and just be like, dude, just can't be doing this. Yep. And, uh, you know, props to the NBA, you know, you can't be messing around with this type of stuff. Um, in general, you shouldn't be doing it, but like, um, yeah, you know, so I, th- I think they did a good job handling it. And, you know, everybody deals with stress differently. And, and I'm not trying to say how, you know, I'm not him. So, I mean, I'm not going to scold him or anything like that. I'm not him at all, but, you know, it is pretty serious. So I'm glad, you know, took the matters. Shouldn't matter too much in the standings and in the end, it'll be fine for the playoffs. So I, I think that's pretty fair. Um, just be like, look, dude, you just got to kind of relax a little bit. Um, but I it kind of, the more I think about it, I really do kind of like the Grizzlies. Like um, they're a tough team without Steven Adams. I'm not really sure what his, I think he literally just doesn't have a timetable. I think it's just like check every two weeks. Yeah. And uh, uh, losing Brandon Clark is tough because, and think of Steven Adams. I'm not sure if he really stays on the court in the playoffs much. So I'm not really sure how much that right. really matters when it really matters, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but Brandon Clark, I think that's he's a playable guy in the playoffs. Uh, so that's that's tough. Uh, it is a good team though. So uh, I, I'd be curious to see if they could gel and kind of use this as motivation because uh, they're they're kind of deep too a little bit. Um, I think the benefit here is Ja has such a long career ahead of them. They have such a young core. Their core is so young, man. Jaron Jackson, Bain, and, and Morant, and even Dylan Brooks too, and stuff. So like they they'll be together for yeah. a while. Now they got a ton, ton of ch- I want to say have tons of chances because you really never know, right? Uh, so I, I hate saying that because you really just truly don't know. But you know they do have a very bright future. So I don't want to say like you know this season doesn't matter. But like hey, if he if he's going through some stuff, maybe trying to figure that out and. That's why, you know, like, hey, we'll, we'll, we'll get by for that and go from there. But, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. For, for Ja, uh, his his mental and, and physical health and well-being is, is, is number one above all. And then, um, yeah, thinking about this thing more long-term, right? Do you have to take a small step back this season to just make sure everybody, uh, including Ja and his, his professional career, is, is set up moving forward? So that's what we want. That's for the best. I know, <clears throat> I know that the... Uh, I'm sure some people are upset that it's not a bigger, bigger suspension or something like that. Um, and to that, man, it's just, it's silly. Yeah. You, you want these things to be taken seriously and they should be. Um, but at the same time, this is a guy that's very highly regarded by his team coaches, uh, several NBA, you know, pundits, media, just like uh, big wigs. Um, you this is the kind of guy you want to give the the benefit of the doubt to, and and if you meet with this guy and get in a room with him as Adam Silver did, um, and, and just have that trust and faith in him, and again, it's about him and where he's at. I think right. you can feel pretty good about where we're going to be moving forward. Now, short shorter leash, you know, mo- moving forward for sure. But again, most important thing at this point is, is the safety and health of of John and everyone around him. So. Glad we are on our way to a resolution. Can't wait to see the Grizzlies back. You said it on the court. This is this is a great team. This is a team, you know, we didn't mention much earlier talking about who could come out just because, you know. They're fun, they, man. They're fun to watch. I would love they, to see them go far in the playoffs. Honestly, they're, 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 they're must-see TV. They're just, they're, 
yeah, Dylan Brooks, the antagonist and stuff, like give me a man, seriously, like I, I'm actually kind of getting excited thinking about it. So if I if I saw Grizzlies Warriors like mm-hmm. finals, like the conference finals, or even, mm-hmm. you know, I think they could get like they're just they're like they're they they talk so much crap and they're like really haven't won anything, which like I kind of respect a little bit. Like they're cocky as hell. Like, you know, if they played the Suns or something, I think it, basically I'm talking myself into really would enjoy seeing them at least in the conference finals and just kind of It'd be fun, and then and Memphis seems like a kind of cool town to play basketball. Like that, they really enjoy their team there. Yeah, yeah, man, absolutely. So, wishing for the best there. Uh, we are excited for Jaw to get back in the Grizzlies to be playing again. Um, let's hit two more. Let's hit two more quick things here. Let's start with the Celtics, who are in a bit of a skid themselves. So the Celtics were like coming out of the gates, just like basically the best team in the NBA was was where we were at uh, for a very very long time, and that's going after the big coaching scandal that they had with uh, Coach Ime Udoka, who was having a extramarital affair with a staff member of the Celtics and was let go by the team or, or suspended and then officially let go randomly in like November, December. Um, Joe Mazzula kind of stepped in. He's like 23 years old or something like that. I'm exaggerating. He's in his early 30s, but just kind of a relatively no-name guy, was like a college assistant for a while was coaching at the main red claws for a while before being an assistant with the Celtics for a couple of years. Um, their top assistant is over there in Utah. Now the top assistant from the last few years, I should say. So I had a big drop off for this team. I anticipated, Hey, the Celtics team always has some drama in the locker room for these last few seasons. Um, and, and I just thought that this coaching situation was really going to hurt him. And it didn't for so long, but now we're going through a skid five and five in their last 10 um, some tough losses. This team's four and seven in overtime this year. That's pretty interesting. Um, 47 and 22, currently the second seed, but with Philly breathing down their necks and even Cleveland not too far behind. Uh, any thoughts on the Celtics for you, Smith? I follow a few Celtics fans on Twitter. I always enjoy that, just seeing stuff, especially when they lose. But like they uh that's all the SpongeBob meme where it's like they suck against really bad teams. They are just okay against like average teams. They're really good against really good teams, and they're insane. They're like next like like SpongeBob's like when he's super jacked. Mm-hmm. Um, it is basically him versus them versus the Sixers, the Bucks. Like uh, maybe they just you know they they maybe they're looking ahead as well. Uh, yeah, I'm still scared to death of them. Uh, yeah. I. I mean, I'm great that all is a little chaos for for you know Sixers of the Bucks, but I I just I just think that they're just so good, and I don't think coaching. So I do think coaching matters, especially because they don't say that on this podcast. Don't you do it? Yeah, no, coaching <laughs> coaching matters, especially. I've been on the record saying I don't think the Sixers will go anywhere with Doc Rivers as their head coach, honestly. Um. But no, I, I think he's a good coach. I think he, he drew some really good plays up against us. They own us, Sixers, the they so it looks do. And I just they're just, you know, they got two great wings. There's a loss against the the Rockets, terrible. Yeah. But like actually the Rockets have beat the Bucks, Sixers, and the Celtics, all three of them this year, which mm-hmm. is funny. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I just I I I I'm not worried about the Celtics at all. And um Ready for a round two matchup for them. We'll see who wins that battle. But 
I will say whoever has home advantage, I think, is major. So uh, this last few this last month is going to be very crucial. And I, I would assume that they have the type. Yeah, they definitely have the tiebreaker. We've not even beat them. So um yeah, we're gonna have to finish the game ahead of them to get above that. But it's it's gonna be hard, man. It's it's I I don't like it. <laughs> so no, I'm to, I'm not worried at all. And I'm, I'm honest to God, terrified of them and terrified and uh I think they could easily beat the the, the Bucks too. Um, they just, like I said, they just play us differently. And and, and uh, yeah, good. Uh, yeah, I'm just I'm on this point. yeah. I just, I <laughs> just, scared, I just scared the crap out of me. The check in for Boston will be, yeah, the the first two games of the playoffs, right? Whether they're playing the six, seven, or eight seed, um, well, not eight seed, the six or seven seed, um. And seeing, okay, do they just come out and, and dominate this first-round matchup like they're supposed to? Okay, check. Or, you know, obviously uncheck if it goes wrong. But let's say they do check. Um, and then when they get into the second-round matchup against what's going to be another very good team, whether it's Philly or Milwaukee or, or Cleveland or even New York, um, okay, how, how are we doing there? Are we making silly mistakes? Are we blowing leads? Are we yada yada? Uh, you're you're right though that the real check as we get down to the end of the season might just be let's see how it is in the playoffs. But uh, I was I was waiting because yeah, co- coaching's important guy over here. Uh, preseason was like this is gonna be a big deal. It wasn't a big deal for a very long time, and uh, yeah, maybe maybe <laughs> just a case of of looking ahead here a little bit for Boston. But that is something to just keep in mind as we get down to the end of the season. This is just a catch up of what's going on around the league. Last thing I want to catch up on for us, because again, you know, so here's some of the other big things that we're not covering tonight. Um, well, we've talked about Philly a lot, but I had the first thing I had in here that we won't be talking about much is Philly is good. Okay. Denver's also good. Uh, we have talked about them a lot though. Milwaukee, very good. Uh, shocker to everybody. They're the clear favorite right now for me. I mean, Milwaukee is just insane. They're great. They're great. And nobody needs us to tell them that. Um, Some things we didn't touch on too much. Minnesota, Miami, Toronto, Golden State. Oh, man. I think Toronto's the more disappointing one. Golden State injuries. Uh, Minnesota, I was lower on, so I'm not surprised. Miami, you were lower on, so you're not surprised. Uh, LeBron, all-time scoring leader. He got that uh, this season. I covered that at one point this year. We didn't do much on the trade stuff, you know, just the fallout of it, because I think uh, we talked about the Suns, the Mavericks, you know, a little bit terrible at defense, still not a lot of depth. The Nets, super funky and interesting and weird. Mikael Bridges is awesome. I love, I love this, this team. It's great. Uh, but we did talk about those trades at the trade deadline in a Kyrie emergency pod that we did. So we're we're all caught up on that stuff. Here's the last thing I want to touch on tonight, Smick. And it's just, and you've hinted at this, but overall, even top to bottom, or or at least through the first five seeds, the East is better than the West again. And I feel like this kind of crept up on us because, again, last year we were even talking, you know, that the Nuggets were a lower seed than the Sixers, but they had essentially the same record. Um, You know, you you look at the conferences now, not only are these top three teams in the East who we feel are at least three of the top four teams in the NBA, if not the top three teams uh, like you do, the Knicks are the six seed, and they're or well, they're now they're the five seed. They're the five seed now, um, and they're ten games over five hundred. They are just on, fire, 11, especially they won, they won the last tonight. couple months. There you go. 11, uh, yeah. Warriors, 
are the let's see they're now the five seed let me scroll down and get their updated because i wrote these notes a couple of days ago and they are just three games over 500 so both teams are the five seed one is 11 games over 500 the other is three this is crazy this is nuts and then like we've been saying this whole this whole time the top three teams uh essentially or at least three of the top four are in the eastern conference so the next one basically be right behind They'd be almost as they have played more games, but they essentially, you know, they're the two, three seed right now in the in the West. The and that was are. a surprise for us. We were lower on the Knicks. Now the Cavs at four. Uh they're 44 and 27 after that loss to the Sixers tonight. Um Cavs would was, easily be the second best team the, the uh, record wise. Uh, would be the second best team in the West yep. right now. I, for sure. I was higher on going to the year. I really like that fit of that foursome. Yeah. Um but these two teams are are real, real playoff teams, and and giving us five legitimate playoff teams in the Eastern Conference, and you know we have one legitimate team in the Western Conference, and then a bunch of like pretty good ones. Um, just talk about you know maybe those middle seeds in the East, but just where we're at this East versus West right now. I'll say this, like you know, even after I said you know I, I'm not sure if I said this live or not, but Bucks, Celtics, Sixers, it's definitely down to those three. You know, Knicks or Cavs could beat the Bucks. Like, this isn't the old NBA where we just had these superstar teams. It was just going to be chalk, chalk, chalk. It's not. The game's changed a lot. Teams are a lot more even. So much more parity now. Um, is it probably going to be who we thought it was in the end? Sure, most likely. But, like, I, I – I, this, this Cavs team is tough. Um, and, 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 honestly, I like the Knicks, too, and their atmosphere at the Garden, like – I don't see them beating the Bucks, but do I, I? I think the Cavs can really play some defense, and that can be a really scrappy series with the Bucks. Um, so I, I don't think the Bucks are just going to skate through round two, whoever they end up playing. But that's tough, man. I mean, uh, I like the Knicks too. They're scrappy, and they and and I think they were like a behind the Sixers were like second best team since like you know the New Year or something like that. And they've been playing really well. Um, people really underestimate Jalen Brunson. I mean, he's, mm-hmm. he's, I thought he should have been an all star, mm-hmm. um, which he just missed it, but he's he's been incredible. And I still don't think Jalen Brunson gets the respect he's, he deserves. Um, I mean, he played incredible in the playoffs. He's, he literally, I think, you know, other Luca obviously going off, he is 100% the reason why they even got to the conference finals. Uh, he even filled in when Luca was hurt and just went nuts. So um, I, I'm ready for some Jalen Brunson garden moments. I think there's going to be a ton of crazy moments where that, that place is going nuts in the playoffs, especially, you know, first round against the Cavs. And that's, that's, a, that's a fun series. Um, but, yeah, no, the, the the Nets are going to be tough. I don't think the Sixers or Celtics, whoever plays them, uh, will struggle against them. I think that should be a five or maybe six-game series. Uh, I don't think the Heat are really worth talking about. I was out on them all year, and I just, you know, they they kind of just signed mid players and and kind of just let it roll. They're, they're just like borderline. They're just like try hard guys, I guess. Basically, you know. Um, but no, I I really believe in the four or five. I mean, there's five legit teams in the East. I think, and it's crazy that the Nets are. Where they are now, because if the Nets still had KD and, and Kyrie, mm-hmm. yet, this is a completely different conversation. The top four is so much different, you know. Then the cat one, then the Cavs are probably going home in the first round, whether that's to 
to the Celtics, Sixers, Nets, whoever, probably the Nets at that point, they were actually kind of behind. But, I mean, I'm, I'm probably, you know, this, these trades don't happen. I'm probably out here selecting the, the Nets to, to go to the title, like to go to the finals. I mean, I mean, it's crazy. But, no, they're a fun young team. I love the trades they made uh, for as little leverage, I think, as they had. They really made some some solid moves. Uh, the prize group of draft picks, but, you know, Michael Bridges and Cam Johnson, really fun. Dorian mm-hmm. Finney-Smith is a really highly coveted player, like, and is on a great contract. Like, they just have a lot of athletic wings and, like, length and stuff. They just, like, I think they, they took Nick Claxton off to play, like, Royce Young at, like, center. They've been playing, like, Royce Young, Cam Johnson, Michael Bridges, and then, like, you know, pick two of their guards, like Tim Whitty and Curry or something. It's crazy. Like, they go small, small ball. Uh, and then the whole – I don't even get into it, but the Ben Simmons saga just basically just – Oh, yeah, we don't, we, don't have to, we don't have to touch Ben Simmons. Tonight. No, but – no, that's <laughs> – I, I just – no, there's the – those teams in the East are just, are just fun, man. And, and seriously, like, what the – I think the Hawks are even a tough first round matchup. I, I think truly I'd rather play the Nets or Heat over the Hawks. What do you think of that about that in the first round? No, absolutely not. No. Maybe right. the Nets. Um the zombie heat, man, just because Yeah, no, I could see that. They just you don't they'd just be so annoying to play. I just wouldn't want to. I don't yeah, I, I mean, don't want to play J uh playoff Jimmy. I don't wanna I don't want to deal with Bam. I don't want Kyle Lowry backing his behind up on me and and diving at my legs and whatnot. Something's off with that team. Like yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. But it would still be a tough. Yeah. I was thinking about this today, getting ready for this. And and this isn't fully fleshed out. This is just half half baked ideas, as they say. The Heat are the Steelers, where the coaching is too good for this team to ever fully be out. Even if you never fully buy that they're really going to compete. But at the end of the day, man, they're just gonna be uh, tough and physical, and and they're gonna be around. They're gonna be around. They're they're never gonna be totally out of it. Um, if you put them against the very best in the league, they're gonna get outgunned and outmatched. Right. But they're just they're just there. They just don't they just don't quite give. They're up. annoying. Um, they're they, yeah, they're they're really yeah. annoying. Yeah. Annoying. Bam, Bam's but yeah, the Hawks. I feel like I could the... I could take out I could take out pretty quickly. You know, just getting Trey Young's head. I think we we're talking the right. Two teams, the Sixers have literally lost to in the second round in the last two years. So I don't want to see either of them. Uh, but no, like, yeah, I mean, Bam out of bios, I think you're perfect. If you built like a center in the lab yep. for the modern NBA, he's kind of like Bam, really. I'm not even really a Bam guy, but he, he really does fit today's NBA game perfectly, where he can just kind of, he's switchable and he's like kind of like a, just a really tall forward, really. Um, they're, they're, they're tough, not for sure. And the Lowry signing was horrible. And like I said, they just kind of signed a bunch of mid players and expect to just make it work. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, that's it, guys. That's We did it, Smick. We caught everybody up on the NBA season. So just to recap, the MVP race is crazy. Um, What order did we go in? I'll just go out of order on my list here. The Kings are good again. Uh, The Nets are are fun and weird now. The Celtics coaching change may or may not have affected them. We'll TBD on that. The West is just ridiculous from a standings perspective, uh, really from 4 to 12, but mainly from you know 6 to 12 there. Uh, the Hawks, by the way, fired their coach two-thirds of the way through the season, hired an external guy to take his place. Uh, Harden might go back to Houston, John Morant, and everything going on with him. And the East 
is also back. Just the top five teams, especially top three teams, and maybe the whole thing better than the West. Uh, Smick, think we left anything out, man? Joel Embiid for MVP. Joel Embiid for MVP, full circle. Uh, Thank you all so much for being here once again. We really appreciate it. Make sure you are subscribed to the pod. Make sure you're following me on Twitter. Uh, That way you get all the updates. Make sure you're checking out the Fan Football Podcast if you're looking for some NFL content because we are doing hoops here the next couple of weeks. Thank you to Smick for being here once again. Make sure you go follow him on Twitter for all his uh, Sixers thoughts and random rants at midnight that he sends to me, which is a lot of fun. Um, That His Twitter will be in the description below. We really appreciate you guys. Have a great night. Have fun and be safe out there. Peace.